Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit ebook library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit bookshare.org today. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Piercing wintry breeze blowing through the budding trees And I button up my coat to keep me warm But the days are on the mend that I'm on the road again With my fiddle snuggled close beneath my arm I have a fine felt hat and a strong pair of brogues I have rosin in my pocket for my bow and my fiddle strings are new And I've learned a tune or two So I'm well prepared to rumble and must go Good evening everyone and welcome to Visibilities on St. Patrick's Weekend I know we had a little bit of different music tonight And I hope you enjoyed it And this should just be a whole lot of fun I first of all want to thank Anthony Corona for streaming us this evening. Um, and I hope that Larry Gassman is having a great time at CSUN this week. And uh, Cindy LeBon is hosting for me this evening. And thank you, Cindy. And we just have a, a lot of fun lined up. And I want you all to participate as much as possible. And we should be able to, I mean, first of all, let me ask this question. Um, I know some of you, as I'm looking through the list here, were on the uh, CCLVI Everything Irish last night. There were a couple of other Irish, uh, Irish calls last week, last night. Um, and I'm just hoping that you're all ready to, to do what, those of us who are old-time Irish Americans uh, love to do, and that's to celebrate way more than one day of the year. <laughs> uh, this is at least going to be St. Patrick's weekend, and since my birthday is near the end of the month, I just kind of think of it as St. Patrick's month. Um, this should be a, a lot of fun. We're going to talk about some of the symbols in Ireland. I've got some trivia questions for you. And um, we'll talk about some recipes. And But what I really want to talk about most is, and I want you all to start thinking, and you're more than welcome to raise your hand and tell us, those of you who had parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, who came from Ireland and maybe used to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, uh, I know in my family, 
it was always there were always Irish stories and and I can remember my grandmother teaching all of us how to do an Irish jig. Um, I at one time even remember how to do a three-handed reel, but don't ask me to do that today. <laughs> that's, that's way beyond me at this point. I think that there's so much that we all have some fond memories, I think, or at least some of us do, of our Irish heritage. And I think that's important for us to remember on on and around St. Patrick's Day, because what St. Patrick's Day is, among other things, or what March is really, is Irish American Heritage Month. And so many of us, I think, have some Irish in our heritage, in our backgrounds. And I think it's just, you know, it's nice to sit back periodically and remember the things that you did with your, you know, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in the past, whether it was going to a pub or um, having big family dinners where the aunts and uncles and cousins all showed up, or uh, maybe you took a trip to Ireland, uh, that kind of thing. And um, can, I, uh, can I interrupt here a little bit? Uh, just one quick because I can't stay on the line. Uh, uh -huh. too much yeah, okay. I just want to say. I just want to say one thing. There's two yeah. kinds of people. Two two kinds of. I'm Gerard from Boston. Hi, Gerard. How you doing, my friend? I think I know what you're going to say. Go for it. What? There are only two 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 kinds of people in the world at St. Patrick's Day. Those that are Irish and those that wish they were. <laughs> <laughs> and right. Everyone is Irish at St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, you got we all you. To, we all right, thank you. For, for, thank, thank you. For Sorry you can't continue with us. But okay, we are on friend. Media One if you want to listen. Take care. Thank you. Cindy. Yes, ma'am. Would you, would you please t remind people how to raise their hands? And sure. mute and unmute so we can get some stories from people. Absolutely. Okay. If you are on your computer to raise and lower your hand, it's Alt-Y. If you are on your smartphone, it is in the lower right-hand corner and more. If you are on your Mac, option Y. If you are on your landline, star nine. To mute and unmute, if you are on your computer, Alt-A, smartphone, mute and unmute, left lower hand corner, to, on the Mac, mute and unmute, Shift-A, and on your landline, to mute and unmute, star six. Thanks very much. Uh, let me just interrupt for just a minute here. And while you're all thinking of stories to tell us, Anthony, I need to talk. Anthony, where are you? There you are. Um, the wrong thing is coming through on Media One. It's last week's recording is on coming through on Media One right now. I'm hoping he heard me. Um, that was a really good show. That was the one with Dr. Paul Rea about it. Early Signs of Dementia, uh, which that we replayed last week. 
that's apparently currently on Media One. So let's continue here. And um, area code 201406, I think that's you, Lisa. Yes, it is, Terry. How are you today? Doing well in yourself. Very well, thank you. Post St. Patrick's Day, your heads all together, not too much beer. (laughs) (laughs) Or or whiskey. (laughs) I hate to break in here, but um, something is happening on ACB Media, and we're actually. Yeah, that's what I was just telling you. (laughs) Oh, okay. I I was just telling you that. Are you recording this? What it is, I am recording it, yes. Okay. So we can use that for the podcast. Um, what's happening on Media One right now is last week's show. Yeah, I think they it's forgot the recording to set up from, the... It's the recording that we used on for the replay last week. All right, continue with the show. I just wanted to let you know we weren't streaming. Thanks, Thanks. very much. Thanks. Go ahead, Lisa. I'm sorry. No worries. So uh, I remember when I lived in... Uh, in New Jersey, we used to go. We, um, I found out that the uh, drum and fights from uh, New York City St. Patrick's Day parade that they um, were going up to a bar called Tara's, like the County Tara in Ireland. And uh, we, we started going up there. My fiance and I we started going up there year after year, and uh, it was great because we go in, we'd have some good food, and it was always very happy and jo- jovial. The whole the whole, everybody was so jovial, it was so busy. And then the New York City drum and fife would come in. And it's a small place. We're not talking about a big place. And these massive men with these <laughs> drums and the, and the bagpipes. And oh my gosh, it was just, and it, it resonated through your body. It was like boom, boom. And it was just so beautiful. Then they'd circle around the dance floor, they'd get in a circle and they'd play. And it was just so moving and so beautiful. And then one year I had a foreign exchange student from Uzbekistan and we brought him and he was just like, his mouth was open the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) He had never experienced anything like that before. And the sound of those instruments indoors is just so profound. And I just love that. And then when I moved to Florida, they, they had a Fort Lauderdale um, parade, St. Patrick's Day parade, and went to that. And they were there. I've been to that. I have been to the Fort Lauderdale parade. <laughs> oh, my God. And they were there. And then I found out they were going to be marching up in Lauderdale by the sea. And, and uh, like, I, I didn't know it till last minute. I don't remember how I hustled my way there. I didn't have a guide dog then. I had my cane. And I just hustled my way. I was like, oh, there's no way I'm missing this. And they walked up the block and actually... I guess I was with a friend and then um, they took a picture with me and I was just like enthralled to have a picture with all these guys. (laughs) It was just so so magnificent. And just the drums and and fife and the bagpipes for me, it just, it just brings it in the soulful music that they play. That's that's just always what I remember. And I love hearing that whenever I get to a parade. I love the the bagpipes. Um, They usually will play them. Often we'll find, at least in Boston, and I think most everywhere, um, if you've got a, a police, like a, a funeral for a police, a fallen policeman or something, they'll always have the bagpipes off in the distance playing uh, at, had- the, at the graveside. I know they did with, with my father's uh, funeral, and at, I had a cousin who was killed on the Boston Police Department, and 
that was an amazing funeral. Um, that was amazing how many bagpipes they had at that one. Uh, <clears throat> but I've always liked it. But it is. It's very, very loud and resounding indoors to have bagpipes playing. But it's they're, they're wonderful. Say- one of the things I always remember is going when I was in Ireland, going to one of those medieval banquets at the at an old castle. And um, they usually have the piper playing outside to welcome you into the castle. <clears throat> and then when you go in, they usually have some entertainment, usually some, uh, some one or two singers playing the Irish harp, which is also a lo- another lovely instrument. Oh I don't know if anybody's God. familiar with the Irish harp, it's, it's smaller than a concert harp. It's uh, much smaller. It's kind of like the uh, the 19-inch portable as opposed to the 65-inch TV. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, they're, but they're both great instruments. Last night we were playing, I don't know if anybody wants to hear it again, but last night we were playing um, O'Donnell Abu, which is a... Uh, has the, the Borans in it. The Boran is the Irish drum. And that was, um, that, that's another traditional instrument in Ireland. Pam Coffey, good evening. If you'd like to unmute. Good evening. Luck of the Irish to you. And the same to yourself, Buck. Thanks. And yes, somewhere in my heritage, I am part Irish. You certainly are. Part a few other things. Um, And I am not a genealogist, so I can't really tell you at what point it was what. But um, and I have yet to visit Ireland, uh, but I love the music. Um, I've uh, the bagpipes. Uh, not too long ago, I attended a concert and the piece technically was not Irish. Uh, one of the pieces, uh, it was a choral concert. It was a hymn. But at the beginning of the hymn, um, a bagpipe uh, bagpiper came in. And this, now we're talking inside. And he was playing mm-hmm. the bagpipes, and it was just amazing. And then the chorus came in. And as for an Irish harp, when I was in college more years ago than I would like to admit now, <laughs> uh, we had a lecturer one night who was a poet, sort of, uh, oh, I don't know what all he did. But he was a, um, I'm not sure how he was related, a great, great grandson or some, or maybe a cousin of the poet W. William Butler Yates. And uh-huh. of course, his last name was Yates, this, this uh, lecturer. And his wife, and I don't remember what her first name was, if I ever knew it. Uh, All I know is she was Mrs. Yates, and she played an Irish harp. And 
while they were there, he, he, the husband lectured one night and I don't remember which happened first, but the other night she gave us a concert on the Irish harp and it was just beautiful. It is. So, um, I have wonderful memories of that. And I hope at some point to actually visit Ireland. Well, that whole region, I, I would love to visit Ireland, Scotland, and England. You, well, just the whole UK. Yeah, I know what you mean. We, I've done Ireland and England, but I have not. I would love to go to Scotland, and I'd like to see Wales as well. We had a friend years ago who had moved to Wales, and we have another friend whose family is from Wales. But let me tell you, I know that you've got some Irish in there someplace, because my cousins, uh, my family has, in multiple generations, mm-hmm. two, two siblings have married two siblings of another family <laughs> very and, interesting and so the current generation well actually they were my my mother's generation um now but it was like at least three generations before that um but the current ones over there and they've got a very successful uh dairy farm are all coffees everybody everyone oh in my, my goodness um, one, and my mother's okay. side of the family in ireland are all named coffee down oh in county goodness. waterford <laughs> <laughs> and do they do, do they end it with ey rather than they are ey yes yes yep, so do i well, wouldn't and, that be funny if we're related somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never know. <laughs> you never know. You never do know. But um, and, and when you say uh, when you're talking about Yates, um, uh-huh. his granddaughter Katrina Yates was married to a very to I had a couple who were very close friends of ours, and his brother was married to Katrina Yates and several years ago she played um, the second violin for the Boston Symphony Orchestra. I don't have a clue whether she still is there or not. It's been oh wow about 30 years since I've even seen her last. Oh but you never neat. know see this is a, it, it's it's a small world. It's a small world. <laughs> it is indeed. Does anyone else have a story they want to tell, would like to share with us? You're more than welcome to. Um, if not, then I'm going to ask, does any, as you can raise your hands for the answer for this one. Um, why did the shamrock become such a symbol of St. Patrick's Day and a symbol of Ireland? Anybody know? Somebody must know the answer to this. Does anybody know what a shamrock is? <laughs> yeah. There we go. Somebody raised Pam Coffee. You raised your hand again. Go for it. Yes, I did. But I don't know if my answer is correct because I know what a shamrock is. It, it's a, a flower that has three leaves. And it's That's right. And the <clears throat> the story that I have heard, but I heard 
uh, didn't have a chance to read the article yet, but an article popped up in my notifications about St. Patrick's Day. The story that I have heard was that St. Patrick, who, by the way, apparently was not actually Irish, but he was sort of a missionary type early on to Ireland and that he he used the shamrock to explain the trinity but something right, you're right. they said that that might not be correct yeah that's the absolutely standard uh-huh. <coughs> excuse me the absolutely standard um, response because that's the, idea, the idea being that you had the three leaves were all part of one flower, one yes. piece of clover. And the mm-hmm. shamrock is it's very unusual to, um, well, in Ireland, it's very common to find a three leaf. It's There's a debate over whether it's actually a part of clover, a type of mm-hmm. clover or not. But it's very unusual to find a four leaf. And that's why a four leaf clover is a sign of good luck. Oh yes, um, and then, like but you make you make some excellent points. Very good, Pam, Nora. Uh-huh. Thanks, Nora. Would you like to? Yeah, yeah. I, I like sure. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to four leaf clover. Each corner, each corner is like uh, love, hope, faith, and I forget. Remember, it's hate, uh, faith, hope, love, and I forgot what the other word is, but it, it means something of faith, hope, love, and charity. And charity, I can't remember. <laughs> it could yep. be loyalty or charity. I'm not sure. Yeah. Charity. And also, oh, I forgot my story. Uh, I just remembered my story. Um, I used to, my, Small parts of my family was kind of Scottish, but I don't think any of us were Irish, but I was used to call the Irish uh, St. Patrick's Day by uh, knowing about the, you know, dressing up in the car, like a, a green outfit and singing in the choral group and hearing the, uh, somebody playing a flute or, or recordings over a bagpipe, you know, and a, mm-hmm. That's just for the blind here in Phoenix, Arizona, activity center. So that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Well, thank you very much. And do You're enjoy welcome. the weekend. I sure will. Thank you. Nikki. Nikki. Hi there. Hi, Hi there. Um, I only just found out about this a few minutes ago and I have to leave at 4.30, but I'm finding it fascinating. And um, I wanted to mention that I found two four-leaf clovers um, on the top of Beachy Head in in um, England. One was when I was 16. I had just graduated from high school, and, I, and my mother was English, and she sent me over to spend the summer with her sister um, just outside of London in a place called Bexley Heath, and we went down there for a week. And then about two years later, I was there with a boyfriend because I was, uh, I was, I guess I was still living there. I'm not sure. Oh no, no. I went back. That's right. I went back and I lived there for a year and a half and we went to Beachy Head and I found another one 
but I am part Irish. My grand, my great grandmother was born in Belfast, and I have a very interesting story to tell you about my dad. I, at least I hope it's interesting. When I heard you talking about William Butler Yeats, he was in Ireland in 1937. He was studying for, or he was he was getting information for his PhD in English literature, and he did it through the University of London, which is where he met my mother. Anyway, um, because he didn't want to have to take any courses. He just wanted to write his thesis. So he was in Ireland. His thesis was on George Moore, who was a landowner who did not send his workers away during the potato famine. He kept them and he saved all their lives when others. And I think he was the only one who did that. All the rest of the landowners sent their people away and most of them died. But at any rate, so he went into the Dublin library and he was asking the, the librarian, about George Moore um, information they had on him and William Butler Yeats. So the librarian says, hold on just a sec. So he gets on the phone. They says, oh, hi, Bill. He says, I have a young Canadian here. And uh, he's doing a thesis on George Moore. And he wanted to know if uh, he might be able to talk to you. And so my dad is thinking, he doesn't know what's going on, but he's thinking the guy's going to hand him the phone. But then he, the guy hangs up. And my dad is thinking, oh, did I miss my chance to talk to him? And he says, well, I'm assuming that you know who I was just talking to. Well, he's invited you for lunch. And he wants you to go around there at such and such a time. So my dad went over and had lunch with William Butler Yates and his wife, Mary. Oh, my goodness. And at a certain point, and my dad was a poet, too. And at a certain point, um, she got him aside because they were going to play croquet in the, in the garden after lunch. She said, by the, way, by the way, Henry, I just want to let you know that Bill likes to win. <laughs> but all the stories he told about that visit, it was just wonderful. And he had a wonderful time in Ireland. And he also spent a week in the castle de Malahide, just outside of Dublin. And they have tours there now. But the Count de Malahide, I think I have it right, he was living there at the time. And so here was my dad, this 26-year-old Canadian, and he, he spent the whole week there, and the count was very old, and his wife was very young. So his wife took my dad all over the place, took him to the races, and they just, they all had a wonderful time. And they had this really, really long table in their dining room, and she had these two little teacup uh, doggies or whatever, I guess chihuahuas or something, and sitting in a teacup on each side of her at one end of the table. <laughs> And the count was at the other end of the table. And my dad was in the middle. But when we went there, um, we spent uh, several weeks in Ireland in 1997, 60 years later. We went on a tour. And they wouldn't let us go up to the area where he had his bedroom. But that long, long table had deteriorated. So they had two long tables sitting in that room. And so he said that the table that was in there originally had to be built in the room. It was too long to be able to get in there and possibly they built the other two as well because they were shorter. But it was very exciting to go through Ireland with him because he'd also gone back when he married my mother in 1937. And so they'd been all over the place. So we had a wonderful trip. And he, he met William Butler Yates in 1936. So I believe that was a year or two before he died. But uh, my dad had a wonderful life. <laughs> So thank you very great, much for letting me share that. Thank you. That is a great story. Thank you so much. And happy, oh happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. And same to yourself.
or if it's 7 a.m. instead of p.m., we'd be saying top of the morning and the rest of the day to yourself. <laughs> oh, that is that that's a great story. Um, Thank you. You know, back in the day, back in the day, I think people were so because there were so few visitors to Ireland you know, back in the day. And that I know my grandmother, um, my paternal grandmother, who was uh, it was her parents, grandparents, her grandparents um, originally came from Ireland, but she went over with a group in, I think it was 1957, something in the, in the, in the mid to late fifties. And there was like, it was like a busload of them. They were invited into the Irish white house in Phoenix park. And Eamon de Valera, who was the president at the time came down and had them all for tea and welcomed them to Ireland. I mean, it was that big a deal in, you know, in those days for four people to come to, to, to come to spend time in Ireland. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of that changed. It became such a hot spot once the Kennedys went to Wexford and, uh, John Kennedy went to Wexford when he was president and that, and it still was, it was still pretty rare for people to go over, but it became much more popular by the seventies and eighties. It was a very popular place to go. Um, the first time I went was in 79. The first time my parents went was in 78. And there's, we have all kinds of great stories about them going and learn and, uh, going out to where my, my grandfather was born. And um, sometime I'll tell that whole story. That's a funny story. But probably not over a community call. <laughs> Anyhow. All right, we talked about the shamrock. What do you know about the Celtic cross? Does anybody have any know anything about the Celtic cross and why it looks the way it does? It kind of ties into the story of the shamrock in that the Celtic cross is a regular cross, but it has it's superimposed over a circle. And the circle represents the sun because the Druids and the pagans that uh, before Christ, before St. Patrick brought Christianity to Ireland, um, they worshipped the sun god, the, the, the god of the sun. They worshipped the sun. And so it was to bring the two, both Christianity and the sun together in, in unification. And there are Celtic crosses all over Ireland. Um, as gravestones, as marker, memorial markers, that kind of thing. And so intricately um, carved with all kinds of things on them. There, you could just run into so many beautiful uh, Celtic crosses around Ireland. Um, what about, does, can anyone tell me the story of the Round Towers?
I didn't know that I was the only, I didn't know I was so into knowing so much about these things. <laughs> the round towers are probably, I have heard it said um, by people, the round towers of Ireland are probably what saved literature during the dark and middle ages. Because when things were being destroyed, when manuscripts and such and pieces of artwork and that were being destroyed all over Europe. The monks were doing everything they could to move as much of it as possible in over to Ireland because the monks in Ireland built these round towers. And a round tower is made of stone and can be... I'm going to say 20, 30 feet in diameter at the base and goes up, usually up to, most of them go up to a point at the top. Some do have a flat surface at the top. And the difference with a round tower is that the entrance to it is generally way up high. And the idea was that they would build ladders to get up into the round tower, then they could work and go back down through stairways and such um, in the inside there to store every, to store so much of the literature uh, inside the tower. And they would pull the ladder back up with them so that when the Vikings, for instance, came to pillage, they couldn't get into the round towers because there was no entrance, anything like near ground level. And it's, it really is probably what saved so much of the, uh, of the, of the world, of the Western, so, uh, so much of Western civilization's uh, literature of the uh, Middle Ages. Anyhow, okay, I've got one more question for you, and I'm sure someone on here probably has one of these, and we'll see if you know what the symbolism of it is, and that's a clatter. Does anyone know anything about the clatter? Many of us have clatter rings or a clatter pendant. And the clatter is a pair of as hands holding a heart with a crown on the top of it. Terry, this is Kathy Farina. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Uh, doesn't it symbolize love and loyalty? The, uh, the heart is love and the, the, um, the clasped hands is also love and then the crown is loyalty? Right. I've always learned the, the, the hands of friendship, the heart is love, and the crown is usually loyalty. And if you have a ring, you if you wear it in a certain direction on your finger, it means one thing. And then if you turn it around, it means the other. Either you're married or you're not, something like that. Yes. Is that true? Whether, yes, whether you're taken or not, or whether you've taken someone or not. Um, if you have the the point of the heart facing your heart mm -hmm. as opposed to it facing away from your heart. Mm -hmm. If it's pointed toward your heart, you are in love with someone. Oh, okay. Very good. Thank you, Kathy.
You're welcome. <laughs> okay, let's move on to some. Who can name me some good Irish American music? What is your favorite Irish American song? Um, anybody have any? Well, there's my, this? my wild Irish rose. That's true. Nora, you have? When Irish eyes are smiling. Very good. Thank you. Anybody wants to just holler one out? How about? McNamara's band. There you go. Uh, there's another Irish American. Um, what other songs remind people of St. Patrick's Day? There's, um, Harrigan. Beth. Beth, I see you've got your hand up high. Uh, My Wild Irish Rose. My Wild Irish Rose is another good Irish American song, yes. And um, Pam Coffey. This one goes by any number of titles, but the one that most people know, the song the title is Danny Boy. That's true. There's another one. And that um, one will make you cry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <clears throat> Indeed. How about... Um, Okay, who's old enough besides me? Sort of, kind of. I vaguely remember. I think it was Dennis Day used to sing uh, Danny Gall on um, the mm -hmm. Arthur Godfrey show. <laughs> um, that's another one. Um, did anybody, has anybody ever heard of, I hadn't thought of it in years until yesterday, when Maggie Dooley learned to hooli hooli. <laughs> <laughs> my mother played the piano and we all used to sing around it <laughs> and my uncle would start singing and and we'd be dancing before we knew it um uh, and pat mccarty hale and hardy living in oregon um mm -hmm. was another irish american song and uh finnegan's wake and uh, not finnegan's wake that is another fun song but not what i was thinking of finnegan's rainbow Uh, mm -hmm. How are things in Glockamora? Mm -hmm. um, those are all great Irish-American songs. And that's the point. They were all, uh, most all of those were, were did not actually come from Ireland. But they were songs that were popular here. And the Irish kind of adopted them, um, with some of them. Uh, it was last night. We saw that Danny Boy and I'll Take You Home Again, Kathleen, were both originally in other, from other countries. Yeah, Danny Boy was British and Kathleen was German, was it? German, I think. Yeah, Kathy King looked it up and she found where that was originally German. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, well, I, all I remember but, when we went to Ireland, they always said, don't ask for Danny Boy. It's not an Irish song. We don't want to sing it. <laughs> they, they were too busy getting interested in American country music at that point. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember the first time I went into a pub in Killarney and that's all they played all night long was, was country, uh, American country Western. It was yep. like, why are we here? We could have done this at home at the Hillbilly <laughs> Ranch. 
Um, but and and it, it still does make a lot of sense because much of the the roots of American country music come from the Irish because the Irish were um, the miners and the railroad builders and that in this country when they first came to this country and they uh, and so a lot of that music a lot of what we think of as hillbilly or country music uh, uh, country music today is does have a lot of uh, similarity to some of to some Irish music. Does anyone have any great ideas um, about some good Irish recipes or some good Irish um, authors? I know tonight we just had. We had leftover corned beef and cabbage tonight and, and had some good Irish soda bread. And I personally like Irish brown bread better, but that's something I found in Ireland and it's much harder to get by, to come by over here. Um, some other things that are absolutely wonderful from Ireland is to get, especially at Christmas time, the Cadbury roses. The Cadbury chocolate roses are absolutely out of this world. Um, Irish authors we were talking a bit about them last night as well and uh, Maeve Binchy anybody's looking for something to read Maeve Binchy though she's gone now um, did a, a, a whole series of books that were that were all very good <clears throat> I personally have read several recently a few recently by um Jean Granger, G-R-A-I-N-G-E-R. One of them is The Star and the Shamrock. It's four books, but it's one download from Bard. That's a very good book um, about the 19, it starts in 1939 in Berlin. And it was um, moving or rescuing Jewish children and moving them to Northern Ireland during the war to save their lives. And that's a very good book. And it continues through the beginnings of Israel. And um, that was that was a good series of books. There's a good funny book also by Jean Granger called The, the Tour. And that, if you want just a fun book, that's, that's a great book as well. Um, of course, we've mentioned Yeats and James Joyce and, um, uh, and Tanner French is... Another person who's more contemporary. Um, anyhow. Does anybody else have anything that's just kind of come into your mind? Terry, do you have the song with the Irish drum handy? Could you play that for us? I actually could play that again for you. Yes. Give me just a minute and I'll work on getting that up and um, cause the song I, the rambles of spring that I did coming in was uh, on that. No, I don't want to leave the thing. All this that's done. This is okay. Give me one second. I'm just bring this back up, go back to 
media player and find O'Donnell Abu. O'Donnell Abu is an old, old song that was, uh, it's a very old song. Here it is. This is the Irish, the Irish drums. They're made with, an Irish drum is about, oh, it's about two feet in diameter. And you hold it in your hand up, like beside your, beside your head, sort of, you know, you hold your hand up there. And it has a crossbars in the back. You hold it with that. And it has a beater that's about six inches long that has a that um, has a beater on each end of this bar type thing. It's all made of wood. But the difference in in it is that the skin for the drum is made of goat skin and it creates a bit of an echo sound. And we played this last night and I'd be glad to play it again. Let's see. I think I've got it all set up here. Let's try it and see. Merciless foeman shall rue When on his ear shall ring Born on the breeze's wing Till colours red war cry Saxon feel, Aaron's avenging steel strike for your country, O'Donnell There we are. The end. Screech. I hope you all heard that pretty well. First time I tried to do we that did. last night. 
Good. The first time I tried to do it last night, I forgot to hit the start screen share. <laughs> and I was listening to it by myself. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, Pam, what else do you have to tell us tonight? I have a funny story for you. My father's brother and sister-in-law briefly lived in Ireland, um, had to do with my uncle's job. And at that time, this was in 57-ish or early 58, when if you had a pet, particularly a dog, which they did, precious little dog. If you had a pet, when you went to Ireland, that pet was quarantined for six months. And of course, that nearly killed them being separated from their little, their little dog for six months. But my aunt made friends with two other women who ha- whose dogs were also quarantined and they'd all go and visit their little fur babies every so often they could <laughs> do that. Well, when they finally got to take their fur babies home, all three of these women were in this itty bitty little car. I don't know what make it was or anything, but it was an Irish. It was one that was common in Ireland. Probably a Morris Minor. They were a little tiny car. A what? A what? Morris Minor. Uh, I don't know if that's what this was or not, but um, I'm thinking it was a Ford, but whatever it was, it was small. Um, And so all three of these women are in this little bitty car. They go to the place. They all pick up their dogs. Um, My uncle and aunt's dog was a, a dachshund. Uh, one of the women had a Cocker Spaniel, and I don't know what the other dog was. Well, the Cocker Spaniel's name was Rusty. And so they were all headed home, and they were on this very, very, very narrow little country road. And no way to pull off the road for any reason whatsoever. And so the, the girl who had the Cocker Spaniel turned to my aunt who was driving and said, pull off, Rusty's got to dump, which meant he had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, there was no way to pull off. So my aunt threw an old towel to the lady and said, here, let him go on that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. (laughs) I don't think I would have wanted to have been in that car after that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, Terry is 10 of. It is. Yes. Um, Okay. Well, I want to thank you all. I want to I do need to make a couple of announcements. There's been a problem. I know that I had, when I put out the announcement for tonight, I had said that we were going to be doing a Friday night Irish pub night tonight um, on Media 4. And that has had to be postponed. So we really are making this uh, 
St. Patrick's Month. Uh, Rick and I, Rick Morin and I did one. I think some of you might remember we did one last year and we decided we wanted to, we had such a good time doing it. We decided we wanted to do it again this year. Unfortunately, Rick wasn't able to do it tonight. And so we're planning to do it next Friday night. So be around about eight o'clock next Friday night. I think it'll still be on media four, but I'll put out an announcement about it during the week. Uh, that's one thing I wanted to let you all know. Another is the visibilities dot web visibilities dot net website. And I think most of you know visibilities is spelled just like disabilities, only with the letter V instead of the letter D. Um, it's a V I S A B I L I T I E S dot net. And there's a tab on there that's called Everything Irish. And there's lists of people that I really enjoy Irish music by um, that you can just kind of look through the list of people like Tommy Makeham and Liam Clancy, Patty Riley, Daniel O'Donnell, um, Christy Moore. Uh, I love Glenn Curtin. Um, several pe- there's a list of several people just for ideas if you want to do your own pub night um there's also some recipes on there i think there's penny reader who i see is on here tonight there's her corned beef recipe there's my nutty irishman recipe um there's a couple of others on there too i can't remember off the top of my head right now um but there's also a place on there that's a contact us if you ever have any ideas for shows, for visibilities, or have any feedback, uh, you're welcome to do it through that, through the Contact Us um, tab on the website, or just email me. My email for visibilities is visibilities50 at gmail.com. And there was a third thing I wanted to tell. Oh, I know. Next Friday night. Um, some of you, I believe, were here the first on the fourth. We did a tribute to the women of ACB who helped build this organization. Next Friday night, the 25th, we are going to be doing the women who are still working within ACB and who are still leading this organization. And we've got a big list. And we will be doing that next Friday night. And um, I noticed Kenneth Simeon is on here tonight. Um, hi, Kenneth. We will also have um, a very quick uh, reminder for everyone from them about the, uh, from Kenneth and I think Connie, um, about the DKM first timers program and about the, uh, a J.P. Morgan Chase program, and I think maybe about some other awards as some other awards as well. So we'll be doing that next Friday night, uh, Tuesday. There'll be a much much longer um, piece because it's going to be. I think it's the primary uh, topic on Tuesday topics will be on that subject as well. So you'll get a lot more information on Tuesdays and uh, on Tuesday topics 
And Anthony, if you're still here, do you want to tell us what's going on on Sunday edition this week? Well, next week on the 27th, I also have Kenneth and some very special announcements. But uh, this week, because of Leadership Week, my guest had to cancel, so I'm going to rerun a show. Ah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. It has been a pretty crazy week. It has been. Between DC, the board meeting and the D.C. leadership and, and the legislative seminar and St. Patrick's Day, and it has been a crazy we just i know on cclvi's coffee hour tomorrow they're just kind of doing a weekend review i think they're calling it <laughs> um of just everything that's gone on this week this has been an incredibly busy week within acb oh the second birthday of the community um it's just been an absolutely crazy busy week terry but, may uh, i Tell the folks that the Pride Connection from BPI Podcast turns to, and this coming Tuesday, we have an amazing retrospective put together by Byron Lee. Really? It's so good. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. No, that is great. Um, it's two already, my goodness. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how It's amazing how the time has gone on all of us. But... Um, I thank you all very much for being with me this evening. I hope you enjoyed some of it. And I hope you enjoyed all of it. Um, with that, I'm going to say good night. And I really wanted to end with um, an, a musical version, but I'm not going to come up with it, of The Irish Blessing. Um, that goes may the says, I'm doing this from memory folks <laughs> may the road rise to meet you may the wind be ever at your back may the sun <clears throat> shine warm upon your face the rain fall soft upon your fields and until we meet again may God hold you in the palm of his hand or the fun one is and may you be in heaven a half hour before the devil knows you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so when let's go I have a fun weekend. Smiling. <laughs> <laughs> let's go Love have a it. fun weekend and we'll have a fun time next Friday night on Media 4 <laughs> with our Irish weekend Friday night pub. Um, someday, I would love to be able to get to the point where we could do that maybe like once a month or something um, and just do an Irish an Irish pub night because I think we could have a lot of fun with it. We could so use it. See. Yes, we could. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Terry. True enough. Thank you, Terry. <laughs>